Hi, welcome to Upgrade Your Faith. I'm Luke Redless, and this is one of our bite-sized Bible studies. If you haven't been here before, our goal is to spend a few minutes together in God's Word, let it activate our minds, touch our hearts, and start to transform our souls. Well, the last couple of weeks, we've been going through the book of Psalms, and really what we've been focusing on is how not only do we want to come to God's Word and gain intellect, gain wisdom, right? When all of us come to God's Word, we have this tendency to read and look at it and go, what's in it for me? What lessons should I take and apply to my own life? But additionally, what we want to make sure we don't miss, and I think a lot of people miss this, is we jump right into the Word and we start looking for life lessons. And the first thing that we should see is that by going into the Word, we are drawn to the character of God. We are drawn to the character of Christ. And the first thing that happens for us is we realize how awesome it is to be in a loving relationship with the Almighty God who is perfect, who is holy, who is righteous, who is powerful, who is truly awesome in the real literal sense of that word. And if we don't have that essence, where the first thing that happens to us as we read God's word is go, wow, God is awesome, then we've missed the whole point. Because the point of Christianity is not for you and I to become better versions of ourselves. The point of Christianity is for you and I to realize that the most awesome being in the universe loves us, loves us so much that he has been willing to sacrifice his own son for us. And his deepest desire is to have a relationship with us. And the key to our lives is not uh, behavior modification. It's not adding new wisdom to our lives. The key to really having a great life is having a deep and loving relationship with God. And it's him, him alone, that is the answer to the questions of our lives. It is him that is the one that will change us and shape us and grow us and use us. And if we miss that, if we're just using this as kind of a how-to guide, and we're missing the fact that at the center of this is this unbelievable God, then we're missing the whole story. And so what I love about the book of Psalms is these Psalms are about worship. They're about emotion. And so, well, throughout them, there's great doctrine, and throughout them, there's great lessons. All of them start and are built on the foundation of seeing God and just praising Him for how awesome He is. And I think that's something we've got to get good at every single day of our lives, is just starting the day and going, if today's a day where I, broken, sinful me, get to talk to perfect, holy God, and He loves me, what an awesome day that is. And so as we continue our journey through this book, we're going to find ourselves today in Psalm 99. And it, it's not a long psalm, but it's one that, again, is going to draw us to worship, but also does something unique here where it pulls us back to some moments in the past, or it pulls the Israelites to some moments in the past. And so I want to talk about that a little bit because I think there's some great wisdom there for us. So let's jump in, let's read, and then we'll kind of break down some of the key pieces that are there. So Psalm 99, it says, The Lord reigns. Let the peoples tremble. He dwells between the cherubim. Let the earth be moved. The Lord is great in Zion, and he is high above all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. The king's strength also loves justice. You've established equity. You've executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool, for he is holy. Moses and Aaron were among his priests, and Samuel was among those who called upon his name. They called upon the Lord, and he answered them. 
He spoke to them in the cloudy pillar, and they kept his testimonies and the ordinances that he gave them. You answered them, O Lord our God. You were to them God who forgives, though you took vengeance on their deeds. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. And so a couple of interesting things here I'm going to kind of pull out to you. So first off, right, it starts with this whole focus of, again, seeing who God is. And this is an important thing that you will regularly see throughout Scripture. Remember when Jesus teaches people to pray, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, right? The whole focus before we ever get to my needs is God, who is he? How holy is he? How righteous is he? How powerful is he? Let me acknowledge his presence. Let me acknowledge his place. And then, after having that proper perspective, then I will jump back and see the other things. And so that's a similar thing that happens here. The Lord reigns. The people tremble. He's awesome. He's powerful. Right? Let the earth be moved. The Lord is great in Zion. He's great in this place. And he is high above the peoples. And so again, what's this whole start? Let's acknowledge who God is. Let's acknowledge where he is. And let's realize God is awesome. That's the first place this starts. Then he talks about how when we look at who God is, right? We, we see this reference to his character. He loves justice. He's established equity. He's executed justice and he's acted in righteousness. So not only is God perfect, holy, and awesome, but there are things about his character, specific behaviors that we have seen from God throughout history that remind us of this unbelievable character that he has. And when he sees those characteristics, what does it draw him to? To exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. And so the imagery that you have here, and this is this is very powerful here, in this psalm, what what a psalmist and we, we believe it's is David is drawing us to is to feel this closeness and intimacy in the presence of God. So if you look back at the beginning of it, right, it says he dwells between the cherubim. What that's referencing is the Ark of the Covenant. And so upon the Ark of the Covenant, there were, were golden cherubim, which were angels, and in between it was what was called the mercy seat. And it was there that the presence of God was acknowledged. And what the Ark of the Covenant served for the people was a physical reminder that God was among them. And so notice, he, he's calling to them in that, right? He's singing these praises to God, but he's not presenting this as God Almighty who's high and far away from me. He's presenting it to me as God who's right here, God who sits right there between the cherubim. Look uh, as you look a little bit further down, right, in verses you know, uh, four through five, right? It starts talking about, and we worship at his footstool. It's giving you this picture that God sits from heaven and his feet, like he's on his throne and his feet are at the footstool. And that footstool is Mount Zion. It's, it, or, uh, it is in Zion. It's where Jerusalem is. It's where the people are. Again, there's this intimacy where God is relaxing and he is relaxing around his people and they're right there with him. There's this intimacy that's being drawn up. And so we reflect on God in his awesomeness. We reflect on God in his character. We reflect on God in our intimacy to him. But then notice this. He calls out some things about the past for Israel. And I think this is an important thing. He calls out that one, Moses and Aaron were among his priests. And Samuel was among those who called upon his name. And so what David's doing here is he's pointing to 
biblical heroes throughout the history of Israel, and he's talking about men who spoke to God. And so he's drawing the Israelites to remember how God intimately communicated with these individuals, and that God throughout history has been a God that hasn't been distant, but has been directly related with the people of Israel, and he has directly communicated to those people. He's calling them to that. And then he draws them to another instance in their history. And so he says, uh, he spoke to them in the cloudy pillar. And so remember, when the Israelites were leaving Egypt, you had this beautiful vision or this, this occurrence of God's presence. In the day, he provides a cloud for them. And this cloud leads them and guides them, but also shelters them from the sun and helps them keep moving forward. And at night, that pillar, that pillar of cloud, turns to a pillar of flame that gives them warmth, that gives them light, that gives them protection. And so what is beautifully being done throughout this psalm is that David is reminding us to worship God for all these reasons, but he's also reminding them to think of all the moments in the past that God, in his powerful love, and in his deep relationship with Israel, God has been there for them, God has talked to them, God has heard them, and God has delivered them. And I think this is an important thing, brothers and sisters. We have a tendency that when we look back at the past, we, we sometimes want to live in it. Uh, and a lot of us, sometimes we live in regret. We live, we live looking at the past, and we think about all the things we wish we could change. What, what God's telling to us here is there is value in looking at the past, but it's more about looking at these moments in our relationship with God that remind us of his glory, of his power, and of his strength. And those moments in the past that he's delivered victory, they give us confidence to live boldly now today and know that if God could deliver us from those things, if God could communicate to those men, if God could bring victory in those moments, you know what? God can bring victory today. If God talked to someone who was broken like Moses, God will talk to someone broken like me. And so I encourage you, brothers and sisters, have these moments in your own life where as you worship, as you sing, as you praise God, you take a moment to reflect on all the things that God has already brought you through. And let all those past victories give you the confidence to face today with boldness. And when you have that kind of boldness, not only will you tackle life head on, but you also sing praises to God because you realize how wonderful he is. And you realize no matter what circumstances are in your way, he's got the answers to get you through. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. I hope God uses you greatly. I hope he uses you to build the kingdom. And may you have a wonderful, wonderful day. We'll see you soon.